Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God. And uh, had a little trouble getting into the station again, but uh, I noticed that the program before us is one of those that uh, talks about uh, uh, Paul being a false prophet. And uh, of course, we have a lot written on Paul. And I always say that uh, I had to try to get onto that show, but I just don't have time. I barely got in here as it is. And uh, explain to them that if you think Paul was a false prophet, you either do not understand Paul, or you do not understand the gospel, or you, you do not understand either one. Because <laughs> Paul was right on the money. He just simply talked to you about things that were hard to understand, which Peter was telling you that that's what he was going to be doing. And uh, it's really not all that hard to understand, but it's hard for some people to understand because they're so fixed in their ways. But, of course, the gospel is hard for a lot of people to understand because they're so fixed in their ways. And their ways is the ways of Constantine and and the Presbyterians and the Catholics and the Protestants of all shapes and sizes, which are just the daughters of the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church is the uh, offspring of Constantine. Now, that is not condemning all Baptists, Presbyterians, Catholics, because seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I mean, there were Pharisees that were even figuring out that Christ, what Christ was talking about and starting to follow Christ. There were even a few Sadducees. There were probably a lot of Zealots, and there were probably tons of Essenes. But uh, the reality is, is that it's an individual journey that we need to take together. And we need to take it together the way Christ said we should take it, which is to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So what does that look like and how would we be doing that <laughs> if we were going to do that is to sit down in those tens and start taking care of one another. Because what has brought you to this precipice in time, uh, somebody was trying to get me, uh, introduce me to a group that uh, is talking, I, I can't remember when their date of where they were going to have their event. They're, they're a bunch of agorists and they were going to have a big uh, gathering and have lots of speakers and they were asking for recommended speakers to speak at this uh, symposium that they're going to have. I guess... Uh, later on in March, maybe it's not all that far away. Maybe it's in April. I can't even remember. But uh, on the network, there are a lot of people that are looking at this, and I'm sure they'll figure it out and figure out w whether or not they can get me on as a speaker. But uh, if you're on the network, you can find out that stuff. If you're not on the network, then you're not going to find it out because I can't remember it from one show to the next. I just make sure I show up where I'm supposed to be. But what we were talking about this morning was, uh, you know, kind of in the veins of this great reset, which they're, they're springing upon you. And they've done it by creating this, uh, COVID epidemic where supposedly hundreds of thousands of people are dying from COVID. Not true. Uh, they're counting 
COVID patients are different than they ever have. They're using a PCR test that can't show you whether or not you have COVID. The death rate has not really significantly gone up, although suicides are up because not because of COVID, but because of the shutdown. Um, drug addiction, drug deaths um, are up. Uh, domestic violence is up. And, of course, we went through all those riots and, and stuff, and we talked about that this morning, what's causing that. And what it all amounts to is that they have been grooming you for this great reset for a long time. Now, the people that are actually putting this great reset in place, it's not that great, and it's not that new a reset. Uh, they tried it back in the days of Rome, and they they tried it with Adolf Hitler. But uh, now with Klaus Schwab, they have a pretty clever strategy. And they have been a long time in preparing you. What we were talking about this morning is this $1.9 trillion that they're, they call a pandemic relief package, which is actually just sucking the life, last bit of blood out of uh, the American people because they have to destroy America in order to get their Great Reset into place. Now, there are a lot of Americans who won't go along with it, and there will be Americans who want to fight against it and rebel against it, and uh, and lots of people will die in that process because they don't know what they're doing, just the same as people don't understand what Paul was talking about. Because Paul was preaching Christ first, and then he was talking to people who were actually going the way of Christ, and we're realizing, especially in the case of the Gentiles who he was preaching to, that the way of the Pharisees and their jot and tittle approach to the law was wrong. You know, the Pharisees, nobody was more accurate on reading the text and following it probably than the Pharisees. Certainly the Sadducees weren't. And uh, the Zealots, there were a wide range of people. There were some Zealots who were very close to being Pharisees, and there are others that were just pretty much rabble-rousers, but they were very dedicated people. That was zealots who were killed at uh, Masada. And, uh, of course, they were eventually attacked at Masada because they had already raided a, a village Jedi, which was mostly Essene Christians, and they had killed them. And so now the Roman army, who was defending Christians at first, went after them. <laughs> so, now, if you don't know the backstory, you're going to mistaken and think that those guys were all good guys. They were brave guys. Uh, they were sincere guys. Uh, they were guys who had a cause and a mission, uh, but they had misconstrued the gospel. They had a belief that, when I say gospel, let's put it this way, they had misconstrued uh, what the Torah was trying to teach you. Because Jesus was teaching you the same thing that Moses was teaching you. And Moses was following the ways the uh, of the altars of Abraham. And uh, Jesus and Paul were telling you also that always the altars were to be living altars. Always you were to create this system of faith, hope, and charity where you took care of one another by faith, hope, and charity, and met in small groups that were connected together in larger and larger groups, so that if there was an invading army, you could muster an army overnight at the right time with the right leaders. Not rulers, again, leaders. Because the kingdom of heaven is an anarchy, in the sense that it has no rulers, 
that ruler is the Holy Spirit working through everybody else. And they all work uniformly for the same purpose because they have the same leader. Now, that's miraculous when you get to that point. It takes a lot of work to get to that point. I mean, not work in some ways. Work on yourself. You have to let go of a lot of ideas that you already think you have that are right, that you're actually worshiping like we talked about this morning. We create a picture, an image of Christ in our mind, an image of the gospel, an image of the Torah in our mind, and we worship that image. That is not it. You know, uh, that is not, you know, the menu is not the meal. <laughs> you, you cannot worship the menu. You cannot eat the menu. You have to meet the, uh, eat the meal, and the meal must be prepared. You want to be eating at the table of the Lord. And if you're not, depending on a system of faith, hope, and charity for all of your social welfare, you're not eating at the table of Christ. And so that's where works comes in. If you're not doing that, if you have not sat down in a network of tens, hundreds, and thousands that is providing a welfare for all the truly needy of society in a way that strengthens the poor, then you're not really following Christ. You're following somebody who's held up an image and said, this is Christ over here. No, this is Christ over here. No, this is what he looks like over here. And you're all following that. Paul was actually holding up the real Christ. He wasn't starting another religion. He didn't want people to start doing that, you know, following Apollo or following this guy or following me even. He, But you very clearly see Paul and Barnabas providing welfare for whole cities that fell in need, whole cities of Christians, who fell in need during the Waves of famine and dearth that went across the Roman Empire as it began to decline and fall. Now, its decline and fall took several hundred years, uh, depending on what area you're in. It's not going to take so long for the present. As a matter of fact, it's going to come suddenly. And we already see that with uh, massive uh, vaccinations and uh, uh, shutdowns and uh, curtailment of the production of food. I mean, it's just unbelievable what they've done to our food production. There will be already in places in the world there are food shortages, and there are going to be a lot more now. You can quickly run out and stock up on beans and rice, <laughs> or you can seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which may have you stocking up some beans and rice, but no, it's following the Holy Spirit and being where you need to be when you need to be there. So anyway, I talked this morning about this article that was talking about the $1.9 trillion in establishing a guaranteed income. And I mentioned this, uh, uh, Anik, uh, Hope, or Hope, uh, Hope, whatever her name is, H-O-U-P-E, who talked about her papa and her father on her Facebook. But in this, she said that she had no other alternative but to, uh, go to the government. For aid, when she didn't lose her job, she quit her job. And she quit her job because the schools quit teaching her kids. Tell you the truth, they weren't teaching the kids to begin with. They were uh, brainwashing the kids. But their grades were going down, and oh my gosh, their grades, you know, my kids, my kids never got any grades. <laughs> I had six kids. They never got any grades. Uh, what the heck is the matter with them? <laughs> Uh, anyway, they they were home taught, 
and uh, you know basically we taught them how to teach themselves you know by the time they get up to studying algebra I could hand one of them a algebra book and I say here's an algebra book learn algebra and they went away and learned algebra and now they they all run businesses or are in charge of businesses uh, uh, they've all progressed without ever going to school a day in their life how is that because I was teaching them things they do not teach them in school and they're and my kids are making a, a difference a difference in this county and a difference in this state how are they doing it? I, I do have one daughter who did go to school, but she went to school to teach. Now, she'd never been to school to learn anything, but she was hired to go to school and teach a course. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, she has her own business now. I don't think she does any of that teaching, but uh, uh, fairly successful business. And uh, never been to school a day in her life. So how is that possible? So this lady thought, oh, my kids are going to... The fact is, this woman has made a series of bad choices, and uh, she's made some good choices, but she's made a series of bad choices, and part of that is her papa, who supposedly introduced her to Christ, didn't really know Christ, and so he did not teach her how the early church operated. Not really necessarily completely his fault or anything, but nobody... Taught him probably, because they don't teach you what the early church was doing, and so you get people thinking that Paul was a false prophet. No, Paul was being a minister, and he was in a unique position to do this, not because he was a Roman citizen, because he wasn't, but because he was Romeos, which we have an article that explains that, and so he could travel around uh, most of Europe, most of the Roman Empire, with a lot of impunity. He could get audiences with people other people could not get audiences with. <laughs> when he appealed to Rome, he was living in the same house as the adopted daughter of Caesar <laughs> when, when he was in Rome. And the adopted daughter of Caesar, she had a father, but he also adopted her, which gave her an extra status because he was so overcome by her presence. But he adopted her, Claudius did, and gave her the name of Claudia. But she was actually a niece by marriage to Paul. Because she was married to Paul's nephew by his half-brother. Because Paul had a half-brother because his wife, after Paul's father died, his wife married another man who was a Roman. And so, anyway, if you don't understand all this history and background, which we tell people, you'll get all mixed up. But what you should understand is that the pandemic closed these schools. She thought she had to quit her job to teach her kids because she had no family support. She had no tens, hundreds, and thousands congregations of Christ, which he commanded, to fall back on when she needed help with her kids. And if she had that to begin with, she probably never would have sent her kids to public school where they get brainwashed every day and are not taught the history to know that the $1.9 trillion is going to absolutely destroy the last remaining hope for the United States. And the other trillion dollars are going to borrow that for infrastructure and more and more trillions of dollars. Soon, 
she's going to see runaway inflation and all the money she makes or gets for free from the government, which is actually taken from her neighbor by men who exercise authority, will lose its value and she won't even be able to buy rice and beans. But that's okay. She won't have the money to buy it, but it probably won't be in store anyway. (laughs) So anyway... So anyway, we ran through a lot of her story this morning, and she has two, well, she has a son, Trajan, who's 14, and, and somebody named Micah, sounds like biblical names, uh, as far as Micah is concerned anyway, Trajan, I'm not sure why she picked that name, but uh, he's 11, that's a nephew for her, but she doesn't know how Christianity really works. Blame it on the churches, blame it on her father. Blame it on the world today. She thinks that you actually send your kids to public school at the expense of your neighbor, and that is something to do with following Christ, which is actually the antithesis of what Christ said to do. You weren't to be coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of men who exercise authority. But she thought it was okay, because nobody really taught her Christianity. But maybe nobody taught her father. Maybe nobody taught her grandfather. Because it's been a couple hundred years since anybody has really preached the gospel to any great extent. Paul understood that. And Paul was preparing the people in this network of charity, because he knew Rome was going to fall. Jesus knew it was going to fall. The unrighteous mammon was going to fall. And you are all a part of a system which is a part of the unrighteous mammon. You all have a system of Corbin where, you know, I just saw an ad that's probably back in the 20s, might even be older than that, and it said something like, you register your voters, you register to vote, you register, uh, yeah, here it is, I got it right here. It says, uh, we register voters and soldiers, lands and income and automobiles and motorboats why not babies make sure that the doctor registers your baby's birth <laughs> and i was going to send them a uh, you know a connection to uh, one of our pages at preparing you it's on birth registration because uh birth registration is what Christians got in trouble for not doing. <laughs> That's right. Christians got into trouble for not registering their births under Marcus Aurelius. I was quoting Marcus Aurelius this morning. Because uh, a lot of Christians quote Marcus Aurelius. They study Marcus Aurelius in the seminary sometimes. Because a lot of his meditations are used as the foundation for sermons today. Well, Marcus Aurelius, like I pointed out this morning had uh, the worst human rights record for officially persecuting Christians. And one of those reasons is that Christians would not register the birth of their child. Because the only reason you do that is to get those free benefits from those men who exercise authority one over the other. That's, That's why you register your children's birth, so you can get the benefits from those men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority. So... Yeah, I can't tell you not to register the birth of your child because you're registered and, uh, you know, but I can tell you what birth registration is and then you have to figure it out from there. Why do that? Well, anyway, Anique evidently has not figured it out yet. and But she has to figure out a lot of other things first and so do you. You have to figure out what it is that we're supposed to be doing 
to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. She said, I had to make a decision. My boys or my job. Well, no. If you could have done something else. You could have joined the network and we could have had people help you train your boys. But of course we couldn't do that so you could go out and party. We could just help you train up your boys and so that they would be better educated than they were going to get in the schools. Uh, your father could have done this. Your uncle could have done this. Other members of your family could have helped you do this. But you didn't even think of going to your family. Maybe you did. And your family just doesn't think of helping you. But uh, that's that's kingdom stuff. People helping people. Family helping people. Against the kingdom is going to men who exercise authority who are going to take away from your neighbor, take away from your children's future, because somebody's going to have to pay back that $1.9 trillion. That's going to be put on your kids' shoulders. You think you pay a lot in taxes? Wait till you see what they pay in taxes. But actually, the whole system will collapse here eventually. I'm not telling you to dishonor the system. I'm not telling you not to pay your taxes. I'm telling you to seek the kingdom. So she, it says, while critics fear the cash aid weakens war, work incentives, Miss Hoop said it might have saved her job by allowing her to hire someone part-time to supervise the boys. I mean, one was 14, the other one was 11. Uh, what do you need? A 16-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid? They're all out of school, too. Why don't you have one of those kids come over and make sure, you know, one of the responsible ones, they make sure the boys don't get into trouble. I mean, 18, the high school was closed down. Half the colleges were closed down. Somebody might, from the college, might want to just live in your house for room and board and watch the kids. Have a place to study because he's got to study from home, too. There's all kinds of things you could do rather than quit your job and try to go on government dole, which is forcing your neighbor to support you. You just did not seek out your options. And you didn't because nobody taught you what real Christianity was all about. Anyway, the the article goes on to say the campaign for child benefits is at least a half a century old. Rests on the twofold idea of children are expensive. And society shares an interest in seeing them thrive. Absolutely. But there's another thing that it's based on. It's based on forcing your neighbor to pay for what you want in benefits by giving power to a central authority who will take from your neighbor to provide you with those benefits. That is a covetous practice is an in and is in opposition to Christ. So, Second Corinthians 6.14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness. Now, I read that this morning. When I say communion, communion is this fellowship, sharing of bread, sharing of expenses. Yeah, children are expensive. And during hard times, you may need help with your children. You may need help with your taking care of your parents. You may need help yourself. You know, like I, I, like I said, I pulled a rib the other day, uh, yesterday, and uh, lifting a railroad tire, turning it in a hole. 
I couldn't do as much work yesterday and this morning as I normally do. So, but I have people that will help me out. Uh, I just put off some things and decided to work on some things that didn't require quite such heavy lifting. <laughs> but the communion is, you know, I'm 72 years old and I'm not collecting a social security check. Not because I didn't pay in, because I paid in for years and years and years and years. But I'm not collecting it because I understand that it is the Corbin of the Pharisees that, that makes the word of God the none effect because it is based on forced offerings rather than charity. Christians do not live by forced offerings. So they would not register their children. They would not sign up at the temple for the temple benefits. They would not look for the free bread of Rome. They provided for themselves. And this is what you see Paul doing. When there were dearths and they didn't, it wasn't just a matter of delivering bread to the local community, but there was trouble in Greece or Corinth or Galatia that he was taking those funds and supplies all the way to those locations to provide for the needy where the, the, the famine was so great in the area there wasn't enough to even share. So people shared with people from other areas that were not hit so bad yet. This is what Christianity was. But you you guys are so far from that, you haven't even got a clue. You're all thinking you need the stimulus tech from, from the men who exercise authority. You don't need that. You know, the article goes on to talk about the fact that there was no more opposition because people like the stimulus checks and the money from the government. <laughs> Anyways, Second uh, Thessalonians 2.10 also says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, coveting your neighbor's goods is unrighteous. Write it down. Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy neighbor's. Desiring benefits at the expense of your neighbor is a deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They don't want to know that it's not right to covet their neighbor's goods to the men who exercise authority. They don't want to know this. They don't want to preach it in their church. And we'll get to that because they talk about that. Jeremiah 22, verse 13. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong that useth his neighbor's service without wages and gives him not for his work. Like I said, my father in 50% income tax bracket. When I was growing up, I asked him who he worked for. He said, till July 1st, I worked for the government. Because he had to do half the work every year without wages. Those wages didn't go to him. They went to the government because so many people wanted benefits at the expense of their neighbor, that they were willing to take away the wages of their neighbor in order to have those benefits. You say, well, governments have to charge taxes, you know, we need, they need to be supported. Well, absolutely, but we got along for a hundred years or more, 150 years without an income tax on individual wages and salaries. Why did we need it all of a sudden? Because they've been grooming you. Of course, when it started out, it didn't amount to much, but it's graduated income tax. It got more and more. I mean, you, you could be a rich, absolutely rich. You could 
Take your wages and buy three homes in one year from your wages. And you wouldn't owe a dime in income tax. Now, <laughs> all kinds of tax and you rent a single wide trailer in the woods. <laughs> See, you don't know your history. You don't. Nobody's telling you the truth except us. We're the only ones telling you the truth. Jeremiah 22:17 goes on to say, But thine eyes and thy heart are not but for thy covetousness and for to shed innocent blood and for oppression and for violence to do it. You're not a Christian because you want to force and oppress your neighbor even take the blood of the innocent, you know, you're taking the lifeblood of children not even yet born because you're borrowing against the future. goes on to say in the very next chapter, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. See, if, if she wasn't such a scattered sheep, she would have had a congregation that would have helped her so she didn't have to quit her job. You could have had some little old lady or somebody come in and watch the kids. Of course, they'd say, oh, COVID, COVID. No, okay, like I said, you could have probably got a college kid who needed a place to stay and he'd watch them. So, no, there was all kinds of alternatives rather than trying to suck the life out of your neighbor by adding more to the tax burden that's already there by quitting your job and saying, I had to do this to help my kids. Nah, nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And I'll, I'll scold her till the day I die. <laughs> but I also understand that nobody taught her. But this pastor does. Your pastors don't. They probably had you shut down. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Ye have scattered my flock because you don't take care of your elderly anymore. You don't take care of your infirm. You don't take care of the widows and orphans. You expect the government to do it. But you still call yourself church? It goes for you home churchers too. You guys say, oh, we don't want to be a part of the institutional church because they're all just corrupt. But you don't have a network of charity that can help the people in Galatia or or uh, Corinth. You wouldn't even know who over there is Christian because you're not in a network of tens, hundreds, and thousands. Like Christ commanded. Yeah, that's right. If you haven't been listening, Christ commanded that his ministers make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands so that they won't be a scattered flock. So, anyway, you have... Scatter the flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, and visited has to do with taking care of and caring for them. I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. And that's what we see going on. That's that's why she went this way. And I'm not picking on her. It, it, you could find a millions upon millions of these stories all across the nation. And those of you who are, have this sense of not wanting these entitlements, not wanting these giveaway programs, okay, great. Do you want to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands so that you can create these altars of living stones that allowed Abraham to put together an army overnight when it was finally needed to stop the enemy that is coming to destroy them? And take one city state after another. They took Sodom. They took Gomorrah. 
what, what, what was coming next? They took a lot of other city-states, but they couldn't take Abraham and his altars of living stones. And he goes on to say, and I will gather a remnant of my flock. So that's where we're at, and I won't read the rest of that. I'll just leave that to you to look up. That was back in, go read all Jeremiah 22 and 23. So anyway, Second Peter 2.13 and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it a pleasure to riot in the day, spots they are, and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceiving, while they feast with you. They're deceiving as they think they're Christians, but they're not. It says, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and hearts they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. That's the debt. The trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. She thinks she's getting money for free. No, that's going to be put on the shoulders of your children. And your children's children, because nobody's going to pay it off. And it's not just going to go away. That this is part of the Great Reset. This is part of a plan that goes back time and more. Actually, if you knew the whole plan, you wouldn't believe how far back it goes. <laughs> but we won't, we won't cover all that. So anyway, you've cursed your children. The next verse he says, which have forsaken the right way. That's taking care of your kids and taking care of your needy and take care of your elderly through charity. You've forsaken that right way and gone astray following the way of Balaam, which is also the way of the Nicolaitan. It tells you that in Revelation. And the way of the Nicolaitan is the conquered people. Balaam means conquered uh, people. Law meaning people. Ba means victory over. And the same with Nico meaning victory over. And uh, laity, people in the Greek. How do they get victory over you? gifts, gratuities, and benefits. The greatest destroyers of liberty are the granters of gifts, gratuities, and benefits. Plutarch said that. If they, your kids were learning anything in school, they'd know that. Polybius said that. If they were learning anything in school, they would know that. Uh, certainly John the Baptist warned you. Certainly Christ warned you. All the prophets warned you. If you were actually studying Christianity or the Torah, you would know we cannot covet our neighbor's goods through men who exercise authority or we will fall prey to destruction. In verse 16, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with a man's voice forbade the madness of the prophets. What was the madness of the prophets? It was the righteousness. It, it was taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. People say, oh, we can't do that. Oh, there's no way we could do that. Oh, we need a big organization and centralized power. and We need to force the people who don't want to contribute. No. No, where's your faith? These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with the tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. So this is Peter who told you that Paul was going to talk to you about things hard to understand. But he's telling you 
For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure, you know, oh, we're going to take care of the poor, and we're going to take care of the needy, and we're going to do all this. We're just going to print some more money. It'll be okay. Don't worry about it. They allure. They allure through the lusts of the flesh, your desires, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. We used to take care of all the needy in this country through charity. There was no government welfare. The public schools were financed mostly by contributions of the people, not by government taxation. For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world, world, their constitutional order and system of government, through the knowledge of the Lord and the Savior of Jesus Christ, which most people don't have because the preachers are, are brutish preachers, Brutish pastors aren't really telling you the truth. For that, you know, to this wantonness, clean escape, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought in bondage. You're back in the bondage of Egypt. Egypt, you only had 20%. Back when I was a kid, my father was paying 50%. How much do you pay now? You pay 14% right off the top just for Social Security. Now, a lot of people, a lot of the poor people now are saying, oh, no, we get money back. We don't have to pay hardly anything. and We get low-income credit. and We get all this stuff. You're also going to get inflation. And that's not going to care whether you're poor or not. No, and you're also going to get tyranny because Polybius said, and with an appetite for benefits and the habit of receiving them by the rule of force, you're going to end up with a tyrant ruling over you. And he's probably going to have an accent because he's going to be a foreigner. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I could go on. You, I'll let you guys go read that. So anyway, in the, in this article, it goes on to say, under Mr. Biden's plan, non-working mothers with three children could receive $10,800 a year, plus food stamps, plus Medicaid, which probably amounts to another $20,000, maybe more. Too little to prosper much, but critics fear uh, to erode the commitment to work and marriage. Well, it already has, and it will again, like I said this morning. So anyway, uh, also I just thought I'd point out is under the Democrat plan, uh, full benefits will be extended to single parents with incomes of $112,500 and couples with an income of $150,000. They're still going to get those benefits. Now, who's going to pay them? No. The, it, go read Cloward and Piven at Preparing You. The plan is to bankrupt you beyond hope. We already are there, but they just, they're just gone, god, god crazy. It says, Republicans can't count on running a backlash campaign. They cross the Rubicon in terms of cash payments. People love the stimulus check, which is why they gave it to you. They shut you down so you would think you need that. Then you went down and got those stimulus checks, so they got you all on the dole. Nobody can say, that they are not engaged in the covetous practices that make the word of God to none effect. Because they got you all doing it. Why? Because you failed to do what Christ said. Come together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and help one another. 
It's going to be rough no matter who you sit down with. But if you don't sit down, you're going to be flushed down. That's just the way it's going to be. The muted opposition to the proposal, he said, showed that people on the right are curious about child benefits. Not committed, uh, but movable. So they're not committed to them, but they're movable. And that, that's the grooming I told you about. They've been grooming you to get you so that you would accept this. And one of the ways they were grooming you is they removed your understanding of the gospel. So you didn't understand that Christ was giving you an alternative to the government's where the benefactors exercise authority one over the other, offer you all kinds of benefits. And they had the impunity to to move supplies around the Roman Empire, and you could have that again, at least for a while. They're, they're going to come against you. They're going to persecute real Christians. They want to stamp out any sense of Christianity at all now. But... While they do that, the more they tighten their grip on that, the more of you should repent and seek the kingdom of God. You know, in John 4.16, it says, Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saidest thou truly. So, I could say the same about Anik. She has no husband. She doesn't need a husband. I can get, I can get checks for two kids. I don't know what she's getting. You know, maybe 1400 a month for those two kids. And uh, it, it evidently isn't enough. I don't know. Whatever it amounts to. I know people who do that. They'll take in kids. They'll take in their grandkids. And they get a check for everyone they take in. If we took in any of our grandkids, we would not want a check. We would take care of them ourselves. And if nobody wanted to help us out, we would do it without their help. Because we're Christians. Christians don't pray to men who exercise authority one over the other. They don't pray to the Patronuses of the earth, the fathers of the earth. They have a father in heaven. My own father on earth has passed away, so now I'm the head of the family. That's the way it should go. You know, in Ezekiel 16.49, it says, Behold, this was the iniquity of the sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, an abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. So they were very successful, but they were not strengthening the hand of the poor. Welfare, and all this is welfare. Public school is welfare. Social security is welfare. You don't want to call it welfare, but that's what it is. It's, you have no entitlement. To Social Security. They they can keep charging you and charging you and charging you never give you a benefit. They can make the benefit age 102. They can do that. That's You don't have any control over the contract. Joseph didn't make the deal for you. FDR made the deal for you. And he made it changeable. 
So by the time you get down to verse 53, when I shall bring again their captivity, which is where you're at right now, the captivity of Sodom and her daughters, and the captivity of Samaria and her daughters, then will I bring again the captivity of thy captives in the midst of them. So what does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. But the point is, you're back in the bondage of Egypt. And you're back in the bondage of Egypt because you're chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise dominion. That's what it really says there. Despise government. It's despise dominion. You didn't want... Dominion requires responsibility. Dominion is your right to choose. You said, I'll give up my right to choose for these benefits. So, in the kingdom of God, you have the right to choose how much you're going to give to your ministers, how much you're going to give, and who, which minister's going to get it. But that's part of your dominion. You get to make that choice. Because in the church, the government does not exercise authority over you. It only exercises over authority over what you freely give it. And you only give to those who are really providing a real service. But you went another way. You went the way of the Corbin of the Pharisees. You went the way the covetous practices that makes the word of God to none effect. And so now you don't get to decide how much you're going to give or who you're going to give it to. And whether they stole the election or not is irrelevant. Because you've given up your choice. Now in the long run it may make a difference. But we're we're on the downhill run and there's no breaks. Presumptuous are they, self-willed they are, not afraid to speak evil of dignities. That's what you're seeing. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Yeah, they're going to fall. But what side of the Rubicon are you on? You know, what side of the precipice are you on? You're on the wrong side of the river. You need to change your location and turn around and seek the kingdom of God. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. That's what they're going to get. And you're going to get it right along with them unless you repent and seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This agoristic way of taking care of the needs of society, which will become many, but through charity, through free will choice and offerings. As they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are, and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceiving while they feast with you. Spots. What is pure religion? It's taking care of the needy of society. I mean the true needy of society. Not the lazy of society, the slothful of society, the people who make bad choices of society. But the people who really try and fall on hard times, you, religion is taking care of them, helping them, strengthening them, unspotted by the world. Spots. That's what you have. If you're getting that government aid, that's a spot. 
seek another way, having their eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. We went through that earlier. But you can go all the way down to verse 20, for if after they have escaped the pollution of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, which showed us, the, the Savior showed us this other way, they are again entangled therein, and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. This is going to be worse than the bondage of Egypt. Worse than the fall of the Roman Empire. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. You need to turn around and go the other way. So anyway, you know, I told you that the, the menu is not the meal. Well, also Alfred uh, Kursabiski said the map is not the territory. So even though I've given you the direction of sending down the tens, hundreds, and thousands, the specific nature of how you unfold that will depend upon your willingness to make that commitment. Now, we have people, somebody was just asking for somewhere up in the Midwest or Iowa or someplace, was there a congregation he could get into? It doesn't matter if there's a congregation that you can drive to on your street. Do it by phone. And, and, you know, like this symposium coming up. I don't know how many people will listen to that. But if we get a voice on there, maybe we could add another thousand people to the network. And maybe some of those people will live on your street. But you say, well, I don't know that that will happen. So why should I put any time into it? Because you have to care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. You have to cast your bread upon the waters. You have to put in the effort to build the network for the network to get built, or at least for it to be there for you. You will fall away if you do not invest in seeking the kingdom. You're not seeking it just for yourself. You have to be seeking it for others as much as for yourself. That is the way. If you will not do that on your own without the support of others, then why would others want you there when hard times come? You know, Proverbs 2, verse 10, When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. To deliver thee from the way of evil man. The evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things. Who leave the paths of uprightness. To walk in the ways of darkness who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they froward in their paths to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaken the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of God. The strange woman, and we talked about this in the Prophets, uh, they talk about this strange woman. This is the other system of welfare that is based on force. It's not based on love and caring and nurturing through charity. 
It's based on force. That's the strange woman they're talking about. That brings in those covetous practices. For her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the death. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life, that thou mayest walk in the ways of good men, and keep the paths of the righteous, for the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. You have not been perfect. You have not been following the ways. You've been after the strange wives, the wife of covetous practices and and benefactors who exercise authority. And now the evil are taking advantage of you. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. That's why I'm saying, what side of the river are you on? You know, Proverbs 3, 1, My son, forget not my laws, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. How do you do that if you don't sit down together and work at this? So shalt thou find favor in good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. But listen to the Holy Spirit in all thy ways and knowledge and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. They're telling you how to do this. The ways of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. And that's what we see going on across the world today. They're putting more and more power in government. They're resetting the government. All you need to do is do what Christ said to begin with. What what Abraham was doing when he left Haran and Ur and started organizing people with these living altars of charity. Whoso curses his father and his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. You're not even supposed to use the terms father and mother. We talked about that. Several schools, big schools, come out. You can't use mom and dad anymore. That That's that's against, you can't do that. It's because it's not gender neutral. Isn't that crazy? This is insane. But that's where they're going with this. So anyway, you only got a couple of minutes left. And uh, maybe next week we'll start on the... Uh, the 12 more rules of Jordan Peterson and show you how that's incorporated into the kingdom of God. Not that he's right about a lot of things because I want to do some shows and show, answer some questions that he is befuddled about about because he doesn't understand the Bible because of the backdrop of history. He has a pretty good understanding of psychology and, and things like that and he's put a lot of pieces of the puzzle together. But how many people understand that God never asked anybody to pile up rocks and burn up sheep. That's not what it's talking about in the Bible. It, it's, it's talking about a system of social welfare that's based on free choice. Your choices, choices of the people who you empower, 
You only empower them with what you give them. You don't empower them to take away from you because you don't empower them to take away from your neighbor. All the other systems are doing that. Anyway, time to repent. Time to go the other way. Time to seek the righteousness of God. So join us at preparingyou.com. Join the network or hisholychurch.org. And we'll see you in the kingdom. God bless. A lot of people on the phone call today. (laughs) Anyway, God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.